Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Hope you guys are doing awesome. And I hope you enjoyed yesterday's show where I kind of just kind of spitballed some things I have picked up at the Inner Circle meeting. I have some more I want to share with you guys. It's just some really cool tips. Um, there's so much stuff. <laughs> I, I just hope that you are connecting the dots. You can actually apply this stuff in your business. I want you to win. I want you to win. I want you to get what you want. I'm going to get right into a super cool value bomb. Okay, so you may have heard me talk on other podcasts about this idea called the Dream 100. And if you have a home service company, really any small business, there's probably certain people out in the world that are highly uh, influential in a way that could radically affect your business. They could drive business to you or they're a doorway to business. Uh, An an example of an influencer for like a a small local business would be like maybe a realtor or a local politician or just someone like a property management company or the people that work there, right? Like there's these people that are doorways into bigger opportunity. And what you want to do when I teach commercial sales, and I apologize because I have a cold still, my voice sounds a little weird, I might sniff a couple times, sorry about that. But when I teach commercial sales, step one is always to do what's called data mining. And data mining for commercial sales really is the same thing as building a Dream 100 list. So in the in the world of online marketing, right, you, I told you yesterday I have one foot in the local blue-collar entrepreneur world, and I have one foot in this internet, you know, software as a service, like online digital marketing world, which is really kind of cool, right? So, But you can use this stuff. So you data mine a list of all these influential people. You just get the data, their name, their address, their email, their phone number, the name of their assistant, uh, whatever, whatever you can get get their fax number if they have one do people still send faxes i don't know i bet that would actually be a decent marketing method since no one does it maybe you could like fax a coupon to places i don't know (laughs) but what you want to do is you want to build this dream 100 list and here's something cool i found out just a little hack if you go on amazon amazon amazon.com and you log into your account you can see that you have what's called a wish list well, if you click on your own wish list, there's a button you know, in there. You have to look for it. Uh, it only took me about a minute to find it. But you can actually look at other people's Amazon wish list, which is super freaking crazy cool. And not everybody will have stuff on their wish list. But I did some tests before I recorded this. Like I was looking at like different people, you know, like for me to use with my Dream 100, and all of them had stuff in their wish list. And you could totally tell it was them. Like. You type in like uh, someone's name, maybe six results pop up. But if as you look through the different options, you can kind of like put two and two together. So long story short, what you can do is you can buy somebody something off of their own wish list. Amazon ships it to them and lets you put like a little personalized note. That's insane. That is like a growth hacking trick. I thought that was really, really cool, and I didn't share that yesterday. Um, the other thing I wanted to share with you is that this idea of like 
an organizational chart, right? Because Alex Sharfman was talking about how, you know, leadership requires structure, but he did this diagram and hopefully you can visualize this because it's way better if I could show you, but um, that's okay. So imagine there's a dot in the middle of a page. That dot is you. And then you hire someone, so we're going to draw a line directly out to the right with another dot. Now that dot gets all of their direction from you. And then you hire another person, so the line goes directly out to your left. Now there's three total dots, and the, the two new dots, you are their person, right? Well, instead of building a normal org chart where you have, like, the CEO at the top, and then you have vice presidents below him or whatever, like the C-suite, and then you have, like, teams and departments below them, and then a bunch of people below those people... When you have just a local small business, it's kind of like hard to visualize your company like that. But here's what why it's so hard for us to scale is because even with our small business, what we end up having is like a circle. So imagine there's like 10 dots in a circle and all those dots are direct line to you in the center of the circle. That is the way that most companies operate. And it's funny because... Um, in a way, that's kind of how I've been operating Send Gym, which is like so dumb and like I know better. Um, but it just kind of happens in the mess and chaos of a company, right? So like we're redoing our whole structure. We're going to have different team meetings. Like another mistake I made with my leadership with my software company was having meetings like once a week. So once a week, our entire company gets on a video chat and we have a meeting. And uh, we're going to do those daily now for a lot of reasons. Maybe I'll get more deeper into that later. Um, there's just so, I don't know if I should go down that road right now, but, uh, the point is, is that when everybody has to come to you to get permission to do something or to ask a question or to make sure they don't screw something up, it just causes a massive amount of pressure on you. So you're getting text messages and phone calls and voxers and emails all day from your team because you are like the voice on high to your small company, right? I think yesterday I told you that, uh, everything that you say is heard through a megaphone and looked at through a microscope by your team, right? But when I looked at all these CEOs in this room in the inner circle that had you know, these large organizations, not all of them, by the way, had large organizations. I think, just as a sidebar, one of the impressive parts about this group is there were many people that had like no employees or maybe two or three employees, and they're still doing like a couple million dollars a year with like 70% profit margins. It's insane, right? So that's a side note. But if you have a team like you do with a local business, Everybody hears what you say through a megaphone and they look at it through a microscope. But the people in the inner circle that have big teams, ones that are doing the best, they actually have like super low stress, everything is structured properly, and the communication channels are so clear and clean, it blew my mind. For example, Russell Brunson's personal assistant, Melanie, she's amazing. She's a rock star gatekeeper, right? She's like the, the brick wall between everybody trying to get to Russell. And... I was asking her, or we were talking about something, and she mentioned that Russell doesn't get any emails. Like, he doesn't get any emails. Like, his the, the, the world at large has been trained that, like, he's not going to reply to your email anyway, right? But he gets, like, two or three emails a day on a big day. I thought that was totally crazy. My other friend, Trevor, uh, has a $6 million software company that's growing uh, really quickly. He checks his email once a week. And for me, like... Maybe you don't have tons of emails with your local business, but just replace email with something else, some other administrative low-level thing, whether it's text messages or phone calls or whatever. 
for me, it's emails. Like I can get sucked into hours worth of replying to emails and it's just a complete waste of my time, right? So I'm working with my assistant to like completely take over my email box, right? Uh, I thought that was amazing. So you wanna get your organizational structure set apart so that people don't have to ask you permission for every little thing that they do. Instead, when someone comes to you with a problem, for example, if you have a, I don't know, a restaurant and there's an angry customer, and so the waitress comes up to you and is like, hey, there's this angry customer. What should I do? Normally, what we do is we tell them what to do. We're like, well, say this, do this, give them a coupon, tell them we're really sorry, blah, blah, blah. Well, what you're doing is you're training that person to continuously come to you and say, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And it's a very transactional way to lead rather than like a, a leadership development style form of communication and leadership, right? Um, what you should say, this is actually really simple, and Alex said, Get in the habit of just saying these two sentences. The first sentence is, well, what do you think we should do? Simple. What do you think we should do? How powerful is that? There's so much power in simplicity. That's why one of my favorite quotes is Leonardo da Vinci. uh, The ultimate uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. I thought that was really cool. So ask them, what do you think we should do? And then they're going to like kind of think about it or they'll go away and come back and kind of tell you what they plan. And then the second question is, um, and why do you think it, it's that that we should do? Like, and, and why are you choosing that? And not in like a, like a rude way, like in a, in a make them kind of like think through and justify their decision and then support it. Let them do it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work. See, the, one of the reasons a lot of you guys are stuck, if you, if you do have a team, is that every time someone makes a mistake, you panic and then you take the wheel. You know the song, Jesus, Take the Wheel? <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about that, but you can't take the wheel. It's like if you're the coach of the football team and the running back fumbles the ball, how idiotic is it for you to go out on the field and become the running back? Like it doesn't even make sense, but we do it with our small business because of fear, because we're super short-sighted, because we're not understanding that we have to be leaders. Uh, I love what Myron Golden said. He said, don't be... um, uh, don't you shouldn't need to be validated by other people. So he said, don't be a needer of needers. Be a leader of leaders. I thought that was awesome. Well, my head is just like a quote factory right now. It's on overwhelm. All right, let's see what we got for you guys today. Um, just give me a second. We'll play the uh, Jeopardy music here. Do, 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 do. Oh, I got a good one. Okay. So check this out. So customization equals three times the value. This is something Russell talked about, and it was from this book, but there was a story of this like prostitution ring. So I'm not going to say anything like inappropriate if we have kids listening or anything, but there's this like this, this, you know what ring um, in New York, and they were like really, really, really big and very successful, <laughs> even though that's like evil and dark and awful. Uh, but they were very successful. Like the leader of that organization Uh, was interviewed about like how she ran the business and basically they would charge $300 an hour to send out one of these, you know, uh, workers, Uh, but they would charge triple if the client would like request a certain hair color or I don't know, different like physical attributes or whatever. Nothing was different except they allowed the person to customize their order it's so messed up to say it like that. But the principle's true, right? Can you see that? So like with your with your products and services, think of ways to let people feel, your customers, let them feel like they can fine-tune, tweak, or customize something. 
Because when they feel like that, they're happily, they're happy to pay a lot more money, which I thought was insane and super amazing. Uh, da, 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 da. That's not really applicable to you guys. Let me see. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> What's my last mind bomb I want to give you? I have like seven things. I can't talk about all of them. Okay, let's talk about... Um, oh, here's a good one. Now, this came from a guy who sells $150,000 funnel packages. Okay, like if you hire him to for him to build like your funnels for your business on the internet... It costs 150 grand. Okay, I'll just let that kind of marinate out there. <laughs> but what he was talking about is like when you're selling a high ticket offer, and so maybe in the home services it's a $5,000 house wash or it's a really expensive package. Like two of the questions he uses um, to close the deal, these are really, really good, okay? But this is a little bit more sophisticated for some of you guys. You might not need to worry about this right now, and that's okay. Uh, but the first question is, you know, do you feel like this plan will get you where you want to go, okay? So let's modify that for a home service business. It could be, you know, do you feel like our attack plan to wash your house and do blah, 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 is, is going to take care of everything that you need done here? Right? Something like that. So do you feel... So the, the idea here with this question is to get the customer to begin justifying back to you why this is a good plan, right? And hopefully if you're selling high ticket stuff, you don't just write the price on the back of a business card because <laughs> you're not going to close anything anyway. But I'm assuming you're giving a presentation. There's a multi-page proposal packet and you're walking people through a process. And then as you lay out your plan, which is super high level and blowing their mind and way better than anybody in your local market, you just simply ask them, you know, John, do you, do you feel like this comprehensive plan we put together, is this covering all the bases? Is this going to get us where we need to be on this project? And you let them say, yeah, you know, I really do. And then here's the real linchpin. The second question is, why do, you, why do you feel like that? Why do you think this is the right plan? And they can start justifying back to you, well, you know, uh, I think we should go this route because if we let the roof go, it's going to cost this or our insurance is going to drop us if we don't do that. And so what they're doing is they're like, they're, they're talking out loud and overcoming their own objections, <laughs> which is amazing. And he he explained it so much better than me. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, there's just so much, like, little notes here. It's amazing. Uh, I'll give you one more. So when you guys are making videos, which I do want to encourage you guys to continue to do, it doesn't matter if you stink at it. I don't care if you stink at it. You got to make videos. Put them on YouTube. Put them on Facebook. You got to have more content going out. You just got to become the attractive character, Right? for your business. It doesn't matter if you're doing, I know Shane listens to the podcast, he does pet fence installation, right? It's like the underground pet fences. It doesn't matter. You have to be the charismatic leader, the attractive character, the figurehead for your business. Or as I like to say, you have to be the guy that does the stuff or the girl that does the stuff. Everyone should know who you are, what you do. They should know, like, and trust you. You don't have to always sell people stuff. You just have to be out there. You have to be friendly. The best way to make friends is to be friendly. That's what my wife always says. So you got to do it. So when you're making videos, though, here's a hack um, to make videos easier, right? Because you're kind of freaked out and you're like, wait, all of you overthink it if you're not good at it. Uh, but what you want to do is you want to have like this deep compassion for the person that you're talking to. So when I make Facebook Lives, uh, one brain hack I do to really get in state so that I can really be authentic and like helpful 
is number one, I pretend I'm talking to one person. So even though I'm looking at a camera, I'm talking to one person. And the person I'm talking to deeply needs to hear the information that I'm sharing with them. And there's no agenda on my part. I'm trying to serve that one person from a heart of total compassion uh, for that person, right? It might sound silly or cheesy. Um, I've actually done that for a long time. And even when I make these podcasts, that's what I started doing early on because if you start thinking about, well, okay, all these you know people are going to listen to this, and what if I mess up? What if I say um and ah uh, and all that stuff? None of it matters. You know, yesterday I talked about how um, connection is greater than communication. This this is what I'm talking about. So you can make a video on freaking carpet cleaning that seems like just this commodity that no one cares about. You can make them care about you and your story and what you're doing depending on the way that you explain it, depending on the authenticity level when you're talking about it. Uh, So that's a really good mind hack. And uh, I guess I'll let it hang right there, guys. I just want to take a second, too, at the end and just thank everybody who's given us iTunes reviews. You know, the, the iTunes algorithm, it's really important that there's like a consistent, steady flow of reviews. And it helps us get a little bit more organic uh, traffic from people looking for really cool podcasts. So when you do that for me, it's a big deal. Like it really helps. So if you haven't done that, it takes a couple minutes, figure it out. Just Google or, you know, quick talk podcast, iTunes, get into their site, like figure out how to do it. Or you can do it right on your iPhone if you have that. Uh, But, you, you know, I just appreciate it. We have so many of you guys that have been so loyal, so kind, just sending me the nicest messages, sharing our episodes all over the place. Like, It's been amazing, and I'm very grateful uh, to know you guys. I appreciate it. Um, And that's it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. God bless. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.